The following program has been furnished and paid for by Auto Pros Radio Show. And KSCV is not responsible for its content or the products or services offered. Rolling up the doors, the garage is open, and here we go. The Auto Pros Radio Show. And now, here's Robert, Jody, and Lynn, the Auto Pros. All right, welcome back to Auto Pros Radio Show. I'm Robert with Auto Tectronics here with Mr. Jody Chesser. Yes, glad to be here. Lynn's on vacation this weekend. This is our second hour. So you got one hour here left to get in, get your car questions answered. Give us a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. That's right. When Lynn comes back from Vail, she should have some good stories about the snow and the skiing oh, and so forth. That's right. We weren't invited, so. Right. Thanks, Lynn. We badmouth her when she's not here. Don't. Oh, I said, boy, y'all were really hard on Lynn last time she was gone. I said, nah, it's just because we miss her. That's right. all it is. She does a great job. We're, for us, ju- so. we're just, we're just, we're just, you know, pulling her chain. That's all. That's right. But you know, it's that time of year. It's it's nice that she got invited to go on the on a trip right. to Vail with her her friends and so forth. So hey, why not? Heck yeah, you know, I would. I'd go. Now you said I think by Monday it's going to be negative seven in Vail. It's not going to be said. very fun, in my opinion. But if you have the right clothing and so forth, I think you can make it. What's the coldest weather you've been in? Hmm. The coldest weather I've been in was probably somewhere in the teens. Yeah, you know, I've the, been in single digits before. When it, when when I long time ago went to Copper Mountain. Oh wow! And uh, I remember going had a rent car, some little Toyota Corolla or something, <laughs> and went out there to open it, left something in the car, and locks frozen. <laughs> yeah, that 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 will happen. I had friends that you know? lived up north and and. And they would tell stories about they would uh, get up in the morning to go to work, get, get everything nice and warm, have to go outside and, and get a hairdryer and, and thaw out the door handles just yeah. so they could get in there and go to work. Well, that's when you want remote start. Yeah, you're <laughs> right about that. Man, I every morning when it's cold like this, I get ready to go to CrossFit. It'll be like 4.30, and so I remote start the truck. So when I get out there, seat's warm. warm that's not harmful? That, right. Like our first color. Right. Is that harmful? Yeah. That's what he was told by someone, but yeah. no, it's nice to let them warm up. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't see how it hurts it. I mean. Now, this time of year, it needs to warm up. Yeah. And imagine down here, now think up north. Oh, my God. You know, you really got to let those things warm up. I couldn't go without it. Imagine getting up and shoveling snow and getting <laughs> out, just, just, to, just get to get out, out of your driveway. Two, two hours early just to go to work. <laughs> oh, that would be miserable, in my opinion. But you know they're used to it, and whatnot. So, yeah. but we're lucky. We're in Texas, and we're just going to have that cold spell this uh, Monday and Tuesday. So, mm. we're getting your automotive uh, repairs and questions answered, and we're talking about what to do with your vehicle for the freeze. Give us a call two eight one five five eight fifty seven thirty eight. That's two eight one five five eight fifty seven thirty eight. Let's go back out to Tom Ball and talk to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. I got a 2010 jeep liberty mm-hmm. i had i had it into the shop where i go and they told me you needed to get this the struts replaced and the and the the back shocks so i did that i put brand new struts on it brand new shocks on the back 
after I did that, I noticed whenever I go over a month, I hear this squeak, and I never mm-hmm. heard it before. Mm-hmm. I isolated it to the front left. You know, I know it's on the front left driver's side. Uh, I and so I started when I pushed the brake, I noticed squeak too. So I took it to back to the mechanic. He said, "Well, your rotors are really bad. They're starting to burn. You know, burn marks on them." So I replaced rotors. I replaced the pads. I put did the same thing on the back. I turned the rotors and and you know took care. You know, put new pads on that, and I still noticed. The squeak's not near as bad as it was, so I still noticed it, so I got me some silicone spray at the parts house, mm-hmm. and I sprayed those ball joints and all that on the left side, and the and the noise went away. Mm-hmm. Then it came back, mm-hmm. but after, you know, you know, when I when I spray that lubricant and get in, get up in there good and get up under the car and spray all that stuff and help it, you know, the noise goes away. I don't know if it's the strut, you know, or if it's something else i i you know it's just one of those things it's hard for me to put my put my finger on is it a two or four-wheel drive two-wheel drive okay um so you were spraying like the the bushings and stuff and the suspension components yeah well you know where that upper the what they call the upper control arm mm-hmm. or where it connects to the the chassis you know the boat goes through there i was lubricating that you know and lubricating you know the 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 strut itself on the spring and that kind of stuff. I was just spraying that. From what I read, it couldn't hurt anything. It's just silicone, right? You know, it's not. I didn't use WD forty or anything like that. No penetrating oil. Just to, well, let me ask. <clears throat> let, me, let me ask you this: if if you take and open the driver's door, and you grab the top of the door and the bottom of the door, where you can rock that car, yeah, will it make the noise? Yeah, it does. It does. I so. Wonder if I got a bad strut when they put put the new one on. Well, what, what what you need to do is get somebody to do that, and then get you a mechanic stethoscope and kind of zoom in. You know, listen. You can cut. You should be able to zoom in on where that noise is coming from. Okay. All right. I've got one of those. Yeah. Scopes. There That's you a, go. This is only on bumps, not when you turn or only when you. Well, break you know or... the one the one thing I when the brake. Yeah, like I said, I redid the brakes. I yeah. put. I didn't even. I just slapped new rotors. Had them put new rotors on it. New pads. Mm-hmm. Every, everything and now it, you know so when i go over a bump i don't hear it right now because i've lubricated whatever that is wherever right. that noise is coming from i'm pretty sure i've hit it but over time you know that lubrication goes away mm-hmm. and you know and i had a friend of mine he said i just did it twice and never came back you know and i it's the only thing i can think of is that uh you know i thought it was the brakes doing it you know because mm-hmm. i hit the brakes i had this squeak and little bit of roar, you know, and I said, and I, you know, I spent a fortune getting those brakes. I spent a couple of grand so far on doing rotors and brakes, you know, struts, front and back mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I've invested pretty heavily in this truck, it, which fine. I'm not, I don't owe it. It's mine, so I don't owe anybody. So, uh, but I was just, if you guys had any other ideas, you know, like I, you said, rock back and forth with one of those stethoscope mechanics, yeah. stethoscopes. I mean, the, the fact you can make it do it sitting still like that and just rocking, it's great because then you should be able to go right into it i mean it sounds like a control arm bushing or something like that it's right. making noise yeah the, the i replaced the control arm on the top because they said it was bad so mm-hmm. i put a brand new one on it a moog major brand mm-hmm. didn't go you know m-o-o-g he got it at the parts mm-hmm. house and then and, you know, and that's the noise was still there yeah the no the noise wasn't there before that you know 
so it's something I've done after that. There's something either the as I don't know about a strut being bad. You know, I guess a strut could be bad. If so, so wait a minute. Let me understand this. So you put the upper control arm on fixing something else, not trying to fix this squeak. Yeah, correct. The upper okay. control arm was bad. It, was bad. And yes, then, and bad. then the struts were replaced after that. Yes, correct. And then yep. after that, you heard the noise. Yep. Okay. Correct. Uh, and, and you know, and you know the hearing the noise after that. One thing when you put that upper control arm on, yeah, was the call was the front end up in the air when you put it in and tightened it up? I didn't do it mechanically. Yes, yes, oh, they did. Okay, because when you and on, on an upper control arm like that, you can put it on and everything, but when you go to tighten those upper bolt the bolts that go through those upper bushings, yeah, you have to have it sitting on the ground and it's normal load, this normal level. If you, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe I, I, I mean, a lot of techs don't believe in that because I have to straighten them out every time when I get a new guy. Because if you tighten them up with them with those wheels hanging down, then when you set it down, you put a, a lot of stress on that rubber bushing that normally is not there, and it makes that. But I mean, it'll wear that bushing out fast. Yeah, gotcha. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, Joe? Yeah. yeah, and and again, by you lubricating the yeah. control arm bushings and things like that. Um, you know, that tells you that, that you're you're in the right spot, but the silicone spray, I guess you're using a dry silicone type spray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's good for rubber, but it's going to be kind of temporary, if you yeah. will. And so anytime you have a noise like that, it's going to be something related with a control arm because when you change that, that shock or strut, coilover str- uh, shock that it has and you're you're pulling that control arm uh, the, or the upper ball joint loose, your stabilizer link, you know, all that stuff's coming loose and your uh, steering knuckles tilted forward to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so by doing that, um, you know, there's a lot of movement there. So if you can spray it, some penetrating oil is not going to hurt it. It's definitely going to last longer. Okay. You know, you know if right. you use all that, right. so maybe some WD-40 and spray that on those control arm bushings. Yeah. And see if that helps. That well, well I, the bushings are the they're the ones that where the bolt goes through. I guess if you're thinking, I'm thinking yes. right. Yes, yes, sir. Uh-huh. Where they got? There's two of them on the upper on that upper control arm. There's two of them, right. and I know exactly where they're at, and I can get to them. Yeah, you can without taking the wheel off. He's, All right, so I didn't know about using WD-40 on that. That was someone said not to use that and just use silicone. You know. Well, the the penetrating oil will help get rid of the the squeak itself, and then in a lot of cases we end up once we use the WD-40 and Drive it around, everything's gone. Then you go in there with some spray uh, lithium lube. Okay, and, and, gotcha. And, it, you know, it's a white, yellowish lube. It's a little messy, so, you know, you don't want to use too much and get end up getting it on the brakes or anything. But that that's something that kind of stays in there and lasts longer. Got it, but it's okay to use WD-40 on those control arm bushings then. All right. Yeah, it'll Okay. Be I'll give it a shot. Thank you much. All right, Mike. Thank you. Let us know. Give us a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSCV. Suspension noises can be challenging. They can, and, uh, you know, the, the the hardest part is when you can't, like he says, he can do it, make it do it right there sitting there. Well, that's, man, that's that's three-quarters of the battle. Yeah, I was going to say, you know? it's got a win-win working for him there. It's the ones that only make the noise when you're driving down the road, then you got to try and get out your chassis here and rig it all up and, and drive and see if you can put it on something where it makes the noise. I mean, that's the ones I hate. Well, you always start with a good visual inspection. All right. You know, and, of course, you know that the upper control arm's been changed, the strut's been changed. So, you know, it doesn't sound like anything to do with the actual strut, I don't think. I think it's going to be in those control arm bushings. Yeah. 
And definitely the way, probably like you said, you know, you can imagine with the with the weight of the vehicle mm-hmm. off the ground and that so that new control arm when it's everything's hooked up, the ball joint to the knuckle and it's sagging mm-hmm. and tighten it up and then set it on the ground. You know, it'd be like pinching your fingers in between there. Yeah. It's just going to twist it real bad. Yeah, and when it breaks that rubber loose from the inside of that, because it's not supposed to be loose in there, and it just breaks it loose. Yeah, it'll start and, to tear uh, a little bit. Oh, yeah, it'll definitely tear. And, I mean, I I have to go through that every time I get a new guy. I'll see him, and I'll go, now, you know, you got to set that on the ground for you to tighten them. Well, but I can get to them. Right well, I understand that, but you can't tighten them up with it sagging down like that, mm-hmm. you know. And there's no way, really, to compress it with it in the air. No, there's you not. You know, just not enough weight, not enough weight to, you know, you know, you can't put a high stand under it or nothing like that. It just ain't enough weight to push it up, you yeah. know. And, uh, I mean, that's little things like that that make, uh, you know, the repair. You know, I always love that. Well, I never have a comeback. Oh, man. <laughs> I had 25 cents for every time I heard that, yeah. you know. Well, and, you know, uh, live and learn, and, you, yeah. you, you know, we've learned by experience. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's things like that, that that's the difference between this repair lasted 10,000 miles and this repair lasted 50,000 miles. Yeah. You know? Well, why did my control arm bushings last me 75,000 miles and now, you know, 20,000 miles are making noise and they're already torn? What happened? Yeah, yeah, right. The factory ones went 75 and the replacement only went 20. Well, there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's either the quality of the part or it's the the installation. Yeah. One of the two. So, you know, everything everything has its procedure on how to replace something. And, 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 you know, you learn by experience. It may not do it on everyone. Yeah. You know, it may not make noise. Now, it's yeah. still going to put stress on it, but it may oh, not yeah. make noise on everyone. Oh, well, everything's fine. You know, but in the long run, it's going to wear it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I've even seen it before where he uh, had a car one time and new guy and he tightened him up and set it on the ground. And I was looking at it. And I was going. That thing looks like it sets up high in the front. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it it, it was such a noticeable difference that when he tightened those things up, it actually held it up. Yeah, raised the vehicle. <laughs> and so we put it up on the drive on and started loosening, and all of a sudden it goes, <laughs> it falls yeah. down. You know, imagine uh-huh. trying to do an alignment like that. Oh man, uh, you ain't kidding. You'd be fighting all that's, day. That's another thing. If you don't if you don't tighten them up properly, I mean, the alignment's gonna be all out of whack. That's right. You know, and then you're up there, you're sitting there beating yourself to death trying to get it to come into alignment, and you just, you're never going to do it. You yeah. know? And a lot of alignment adjustment points are done at an upper control arm or lower control right. arm. The eccentrics, that's where they move. So mm-hmm. you have to uh, you have to follow procedure and know what you're doing. Yep. We're going to back out here and take a quick break. Give us a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KCB. You've been listening to the Auto Pros Radio Show here on 700 KCB The Voice. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Robert. Thank you for tuning in to Auto Pros Radio. If you need us during the week, email us at info at autoprosradio.com. You can listen to all of our episodes by going to autoprosradio.com, and you can find a list of our approved shops located all around Houston and surrounding areas. And don't forget to tell your friends about the Auto Pros Radio Show every Saturday from 10 to noon on KSEV. From basic maintenance to the most complex diagnostics, Autotectronics is your choice for high-quality automotive service in Katy. 
For 38 years, Robert and his crew have tackled the most difficult electrical and drivability problems. So whether you need an oil change, fluid maintenance, or the most up-to-date diagnostic services, Autotectronics is the premier shop in Katy, 281-391-7617. Go visit Autotectronics in Katy. BG Products, the number one name in preventative maintenance. Carbon buildup in your engine will reduce your fuel economy, cause engine hesitation, rough idle, and excessive oil consumption. BG Products has you covered for all your fluid maintenance services and fuel system cleaning needs. They are so confident in the quality of their product, they back it up with a lifetime protection plan. All of our Auto Pro's preferred service centers offer the BG services because they work. Find a list of preferred service centers at autoprosradio.com or go to bgfindashop.com to find a BG service center near you. That's BG Products, the number one name in preventative maintenance. Is your transmission slipping, jerking, or making funny noises? Well, let me recommend the great folks at Gary's Transmission Service. Whether you have a classic car or a late model vehicle, Gary's will diagnose your problem and let you know if it's a transmission problem or something else that makes it feel like a transmission problem. The experts at Gary's Transmissions are trained in today's most complex transmissions for both foreign and domestic. All transmission rebuilds come with a local two-year, 24,000-mile parts and labor warranty including annual preventive maintenance service at no charge during the warranty period. Quality transmission repairs done right. 281-347-8888. Gary's Transmission Service. Get your motor running. Welcome back to the Auto Pros Radio Show. I'm Jody Chesser, your Diesel Dynamo and Warranty Wizard. Joining me today, Mr. Robert Gruner from Auto Tectronics is here. Yes, sir. And Lynn Beckwith, she's out on vacation. She's heading out on the highway in Vail, Colorado. So we hope she's out there having a good time and being a snow bunny. Right. But she'll be back next week. We have some open lines. If you have a car question, car problem, give us a call. 281-558-5738. That's 281 281- Five five eight fifty seven thirty eight. Let's go out to Spring and talk to Ken. Ken, good morning. Hey, morning. I didn't hear the. So I, I presume you can hear me. Absolutely, yep. loud and okay, clear. Great. Okay. Hey, this is a um, follow up on that idle air control valve from last weekend. Yes, sir. And in fact, that did fix it. I was skeptical when I got the new one, and I did the, the quick voltage test on the bench. Both polarities, right? Uh-huh. On the, and, and you know, I couldn't see the little plunger move at all. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's kind of strange. And the design's a little different where the spring loading is and all that. Anyway, put it on there. It's working. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it operates off of frequency. So when you're trying to do a, yeah. a bench test, it's not real. It's no, not it's real, not. Like I, I really, <laughs> yeah, I should have got my signal generator out, but it only goes down to 50 megahertz. But <laughs> and we need to be down in the hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know you yeah. you done all your homework, process of elimination, and just came down to a bad part. But that that OIAC had yeah. done its job. Yeah, yeah, and I saved some bucks doing it myself. I hardly ever work on my own truck. Yeah, and that, that's a pretty straightforward job. Like yeah. I said, it, it takes a while for those two torque headed bolts and you know, to change them out. 
I knew. I know. Finding the eight millimeter socket was tough. But you know, I mean, that, I, yeah. But there's all there's, I had was a all I had was a quarter inch drive socket, so I had to find my three eighths to quarter inch adapter, and oh my god. Oh yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know, when you do a repair like that yourself, and it makes you proud. You know that you, that you did it and you got it fixed, and you know it sounds like you're really handy with your hands and you know what you're doing. So yeah, 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 that's really hey, good. Uh, previous caller about the squeak in the truck and all that. Yes, sir. Um, I had a friend that had a squeak in his truck. There's a little bit of humor, and he says, "Man, if, if when I brake or when I accelerate, when I turn, if I I can wiggle the car, it squeaks, but I only hear it when my radio is turned off." Yeah. Did you get that? I did. That, that that was uh that was a friend of my dad uh his name was doc smith and he was always kind of a comedian type guy and yes. that that was always his fix when he had a squeak or rattle in his car he said just turn that radio up louder it'll go yeah, away yeah. <laughs> that that and he and he always had a can of wd-40 and when he got a squeak in the dash he started spraying yep. <laughs> he started spraying he drive he drove a he drove an old cadillac and the floorboard was so rusted out, he, he said he could stand up at a stoplight and pull up his britches. Is <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. what it was? Yeah. <laughs> a Flintstone. Flintstone. That's yeah. exactly right. Uh, now I'm off to venturing another thing on this same truck. Uh, uh, my power steering pump was making a lot of noise, and it was getting worse mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. So checking the fluid, of course, there is zero fluid in there. Yes, sir. And, it, and this has only happened in about three days. Haven't had a chance to crawl under. I presume either the rack is leaking or the power steering pump. I'm thinking the bushing coming out to the pulley. So I'll investigate that, and uh, I'll just take it down to green and white and say, fix that. Yeah, if it's leaking from the <laughs> if it's leaking from the front seal of the power steering pump, you'll see that pulley's wet, and and likely with the belt turning, you know, it's been slinging some fluid underneath there. If that's the case. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll I'll check that because I didn't notice that when I. Uh, of course, it was dusk last night when I looked at it, but I'll look for uh, slinging uh, transmission fluid or whatever that stuff is. Yeah, if not, then you have to. Uh, which engine was that? Uh, it's the it's the big three point Yeah, the three liter. So yeah. on that one, the power steering pressure line where that comes through, does that have the type line that um, swivel joint? It's swi- uh, yeah, it's yeah. a swivel joint, and uh-huh. the, and the swivel joints they start to leak over time, so. When you tighten that fitting up onto the power steering pump, that line is still made to swivel. You don't keep tightening it up yeah. where the line doesn't swivel because it will break or blow out. Oh, and I, I've, okay. I saw many of technicians that used to really tighten those things up and trying to get that line to quit moving because they didn't think it was tight and, oh. uh, and turn into a big issue. So, uh, and, and so this is one of the lines coming out of the pump? Yeah, it's the high-pressure line. high-pressure line where it goes in. Yeah, and I just pulled a diagram. It has that swivel joint on there. Yep. So that's probably where your leak is going to be. You'll see that fitting going into the side of the pump. Okay. And see if it's not wet right there. Okay. And 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 it should also move a little bit? Yeah, it moves. Yeah, it's going to swivel because it's rubber with a hard line, so it's made to, to flex back and forth. Okay. And so that, that joint, it's very, very common. And the, there's a Teflon-type washer, a nylon-type washer that goes on that. Uh, when you put it into the power steering pump. So probably just have to replace the line, put new fluid in there. Those things are really notorious for getting air in them, you know, especially yeah. if the power steering pump's been low on fluid. So it's one of those that whenever you – I always like to, whenever I replace the power steering pump or line, I put fluid in there. I like to have somebody start the vehicle for me. 
So I'm right there with power steering fluid to keep filling it up before it can suck a whole bunch of air and aerate the fluid because then you got to work all that air out of the system. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this just occurred in the last two or three days. I kind of contributed to the temperature, sure. the ambient temperature dropping. You know, yeah. I went, man, that's starting to hum because I wasn't sure if maybe it was my alternator because it kind of had a, mm, mm-hmm. you know, because I put a load on it and, uh, uh, you know, headlights, heater, all that. And and it would change, but that could just be because whatever. Yeah. But... Oh. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to check that that joint right now. Yeah, you want to you want to check? I was going to say because those those things will blow out. They'll separate. Yeah. And leave you stranded. Uh, yeah, that would not be good. It's my work truck. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. The the, the lifesaver on when I when they put those same power steering pump and lines on the seven three diesel. And the lifesaver on that was the, the intercooler pipe would come down right by the power steering line. And so if the line blew out, it hit that big round pipe. So it didn't totally blow out, but it just leaked a lot of fluid. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and then totally coincidental on this, after changing that IAC, mm-hmm. uh, now all of a sudden my temperature gauge on my dashboard is working. And I'm certain that it has absolutely nothing to do with that circuit. <laughs> mm. That didn't sound like it. Nope. No. Anyway, I'll keep my eye on that. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Okay. You have a great day. All right. You too. We'll see you. Send him a bill. Get him a bill. (laughs) That's right. Well, we're glad he got it fixed. (laughs) Right. We are. I'm glad to hear back. Glad he called back. I want to know what fixes it, man. Yeah. Give us a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KCV. Yeah, we love the feedback. It's just like my my rain sensing wipers. I want to know what's going to fix. You it. haven't fixed those yet. <laughs> I just ain't had time to pull it in a truck and mess with the shop and mess with it. I gotta. I need to take a one one day and do that. Let's well, it's done. supposed to be rainy. Uh, I think Monday and maybe Tuesday, so it might be a good time to get out there and take a look at it. Or well, else you're gonna bow down and take it in the Ford. Well, I, yeah. Well, I want to. I want to look at my. Um, my edge, the one on it works on that one. So I want to see. If, I'm, I'm look. I'm hoping there's a PID. That is related to the sensor where I can see what it should read. Yeah. You know? I would think there is. Yeah. You would think, but, man, sometimes you don't know. It's like yesterday I had a newer Lincoln. It was a, um, man, I can't oh, remember. the rain sensing wiper issue? No, it was, uh, you know, you're talking about it should have. It was a, uh, like a Lincoln MKX or something like that, fairly new. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see uh, fuel rail pressure. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a 2017. It was a 3.5 EcoBoost. So I was wanting to see if it was holding pressure on the rail, and I uh, couldn't find a pit for it. Really? Looked and looked and looked. I, I mean, is at the end of the day, I was kind of in a hurry, but I went over it pretty good. And uh, I was like, yeah, I have to look at this money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would think that was a, a pit that would always be on there. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about is when you when you have a scan tool on there, you're looking at different data. Yeah. You know, so you have a pid for a mass airflow sensor, a, pa- a pid for a idle air control valve, et cetera. And so there's many pids for the fuel control system. And it, and you're able to, the best thing that you could do is when, or technicians, when you when you have a vehicle in there, Put the scan tool on a, a known good working vehicle right. and get familiar with what it what is it supposed to look like when everything is normal. Right. And then you'll start to pick out when something's bad pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, because sometimes what you think is normal is not normal. Yeah, it's a good diagnostic strategy that I always told or taught, you know, different technicians when, when they were uh, 
apprentice and and i was trying to you know bring them up in the automotive industry mm -hmm. and you know look at look at this right here everything's working good and and then when you show them a bad uh pit or whatnot they can pick it out pretty fast yeah where are we going let's run out to h-town and welcome charles to the auto pros radio show good morning charles good morning good morning right. how are you doing i'm doing great um get a question about a 2004 yukon uh denali mm -hmm. uh 6.0 all-wheel drive and um i had a transmission totally rebuilt about 125,000 miles ago and, uh, and now it's starting to be just a little sluggish shifting, mainly between second and third. Uh, and I saw on YouTube about changing out a servo or something on the side of the transmission with a Corvette model servo. Might, might make it shift better. But before I tried something like that, I wanted to see if anybody knew anything about that. Yeah, the, the Corvette servo... What that was, and I used uh, every time I overhauled it, uh, one of those transmissions, the 4L6E, uh, the servo that went inside there had a had a larger type piston. So basically that means it takes more fluid uh, to apply uh, that servo, which in turn applies the 2.4 band. And so what, right. what the, the Corvette did was it had a smaller piston, so it took less fluid, so it applied the band uh, quicker. And it gave it not a firm shift, but just a nice, smooth uh, apply rather than kind of a, a slide and, and maybe a bump type shift. Because on right. that one, it's, it's computer controlled and it has adaptive strategy, you know, to how you drive it. So if you clear out any of the adaptive strategy and then you go to take off, it's going to shift a little different until it runs through the, all the gears the way that you drive it, gets used to your throttle angle, and that computer's compensating for that by fluid pressure to keep the transmission shifting smoothly. Right. You know, I generally use that truck as a backup now. Mm -hmm. I pull my little race car trailer around. I don't use it much. So I, I thought maybe it might be because I let it sit too much, but uh, I didn't want to uh, let somebody tell me that I needed to rebuild transmission until I at least tried what I could do myself. So, so what, what, uh, what, what issue are you actually having with it, you said? Shifting a little bit slow, mainly between second and third, a little sluggishly. It's not like the RPMs are going up. Uh -huh. It's not like the transmission slip slipping. It's just it's taking it a little nudge to get it to shift gears. You know, maybe okay. a, you know like an extra half second or something like that. I got you. So that that's a clutch pack inside. That it's called a three four clutch pack. Because what happens is your band, when you shift from first to second, that band is applied by the servo for second gear and holds your drum. And then when it shifts to third, that band releases, applies your three, four clutches. And then when it shifts to overdrive, it brings that band back on. That's why it's called a two, four band. Oh, so yeah. it's the clutch pack inside. And, and there's about seven, eight clutch disc and then steel plates as well that go inside there. And there's some little spring-loaded cushions that go underneath the uh, the pressure plate inside there. Some of the builders would take those out. It would give it a little bit more of a positive shift. You know, there, there was different things, but if you're bleeding off any pressure, uh, that, that was the one clutch pack that was pretty notorious to start to burn up on that tranny. Okay. Over, over well, time, because I've seen where the input shaft that goes through there, they'll, yeah. get, they'll get a little bit loose inside there, and you'll start to lose pressure. Or you'll lose pressure through the actual piston 
uh, that's inside there. Okay, so it doesn't sound like me putting in that Corvette uh, uh, part. It, it's not it, my problem. No, sir, it's not going to solve a, a two three upshift problem. Okay. So what I would do is I would take it out, and you know, when it's nice and dry, day like this, take it out and and do some kind of medium to harder throttle. Uh, right. angles when you take off and let that transmission shift through the gears first to second second to third and see if that computer doesn't start to readapt itself a bit and and, okay. and become a firmer shift for you well that's a good idea yeah because uh, if you really hold it you know a, a hard throttle and you let it go th- into third gear like that and sometime if a, at a hard throttle angle you'll yeah. you'll you'll feel a little flare in the rpm and that's going to be an indication those clutches are starting to burn. So if those clutches are starting to burn, that may go back to the transmission shop. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll try out what you said. I hope it works. Yes, sir. Well, <laughs> All let right, us know. It. All right, Charles. Appreciate your call. All right. All right, where are we heading? Let's run out to uh, Houston. Nick's got a question on his 99 Ranger. Good morning, Nick. Welcome to the Auto Pros Radio Show. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Uh I just recently replaced a uh, power steering pump. I was just listening to y'all a while ago talk about power steering pump. Uh, it uh, it's a sort of a cheap pump. Uh, it's it turns steering wheel turns perfectly. I got it all bled out and everything turns perfectly, but it's it's still as loud as the pump <laughs> I had on there before. <laughs> what brand of pump did you use? Uh, Master Pro. It's a uh, uh, O'Reilly yeah. house brand, right? Yeah, I mean, some of the some of those they they were a challenge mm-hmm. uh, on, on that yeah. Ranger, especially on the power steering pump. Some of the aftermarket pumps just uh, seem to be pretty noisy. Uh, but you said you just recently replaced it. Yes. Yeah. So what I would do is I would uh, crank it up, let it run. When you shut it off, pull the cap out, look and see if you got air air bubbles. You know, inside the uh, the reservoir itself. Yes, I have checked for that, and I don't uh, I don't see any at all. Yeah, and your fluid and everything is full, obviously. It's yes, it's not leaking. It it was leaking slightly around the uh, rack and pinion, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be leaking anymore. Uh, yeah, it's what I would do to get the air out of those is I would have the front wheels off the ground. And then with the car shut off, you know, you would take a, uh, I would take a little mighty vac vacuum hand vacuum pump, pull a vacuum on the reservoir mm-hmm. of the pump, and then have and then have somebody turn the steering wheel back and forth side to side several times, you know, to to push air and stuff out of there. And with that vacuum on that reservoir, it'll, it'll make that air bubble up out of there. Okay. Yeah. Uh- because, I mean, that's what I'd have to do just about all the time to get those things as quiet as possible. They're never going to be like a GM Saginaw pump that makes no noise. Yeah, you know, they, they still they have, have a little bit of whining. Yeah, it's, and it's because they were aluminum body pump. And so they would they'd make a little more noise than the, the Saginaw pumps were cast iron. Okay. Uh, how about that Vision OE brand? Uh, I deliver car parts. Yeah. IMC. Do you? Yeah, we. I mean, Division, I, I think we've used some of those before and had pretty good luck with them. But the big thing is bleeding it out. And uh, like I say, we fill them up with the engine off, wheels off the ground, turn that steering wheel back and forth. You'll see it 
you'll see the fluid level drop in the pump when you do that. And then uh, put a vacuum on that reservoir and do it again, and you'll you'll see it keeps dropping down. It's, it, it makes that makes it easier for that air to, to come up out of there when you have a vacuum on the reservoir. Okay, exactly. How do you go about doing that? I've got one well, of those little mighty backs. Yeah, uh, you could take a either you take a you know like sometimes you get the when you buy the new one, it's got like a plastic plug in there where the where the dipstick goes. Sometimes it's just a plastic plug. Sometimes you can take poke a hole in that and then you know stick your hose through there and do it like that. I have like a a round flat disc that I actually put on there and pull a vacuum with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got like a like a, a sponge. Uh, uh, God, I'm trying to think of the name. It's like a spongy side on it where it seals real good. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I actually have like a vacuum gun that with its air powered that I use on it. But uh, you definitely want to do it with the motor turned off and turn it back and forth. Because if you do it with motor turned on, you will suck fluid all up in there. Ask me how I know that. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So just jack it up off the ground, you say, yeah. and, and cut the engine off. Yeah, with the engine off and turn that steering wheel back and forth. Because with it off the ground, it makes it easy to turn, and it, it you can push that fluid back and forth a lot easier. But uh, I do that. That's what I always. That's I always had the best luck with that doing it with them off the ground with the vacuum on the reservoir. You know, all you got to do is find something that's flat that you can put a little hole in and, you know, stick a nipple off your gun in there or something, just something that will kind of seal around there. Uh, I mean, I, I always had these little round pads that I always use, so I never really had to look for something. But uh, putting the vacuum on it, turning it back and forth with the engine shut off, it'll just about – if there's any air in there, it'll pull it out that way. Okay, well, certainly try that mm-hmm. because, like I say, it it turns perfectly. I mean, it's you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's just that's well, just that inherent uh, problem. Common noise, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All righty. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. All right, we're going to back out here and uh, take our last break. Give us a call two eight one five five eight five seven three eight. That's two eight one five five eight KSCV. We will be right back. Are you needing to have your vehicle's scheduled maintenance performed or mechanical repairs done? Don't wait. Go to autoprosradio.com, see all of our recommended preferred service centers in your area, and give them a call today to schedule an appointment to have your vehicle serviced and have that peace of mind your vehicle will be safe. And remember to tell your friends about the Auto Pros Radio Show every Saturday, 10 to noon, here on AM700 KSEV. Whether you're rolling in a daily driver or a DeLorean, David's Auto Central in Stafford can take care of all of your vehicle needs. From preventive maintenance to advanced diagnostic services, you can count on David and his staff to take care of both you and your vehicles. With decades of experience and a commitment to quality, David's Auto Central can handle all of your mechanical repairs, maintenance, fleet, and even customization needs. Learn more at davidsautocentral.com or visit David and his amazing staff at 2526 Fifth Street in Stafford, 281-499-9684. That's 281-499-9684, David's Auto Central. Beckwith Car Care has been servicing the Humble, Atascacita, and surrounding areas for more than 34 years. You don't stay in business that long without providing great customer service and repairs done right the first time. Beckwith has factory trained technicians that know how to diagnose and repair your vehicle. They provide a nationwide three-year, 36,000-mile warranty and free shuttle service to work, home, or play. 
that can arrange to pick up your vehicle if needed. Visit Beckwith.com and schedule an online appointment to have your vehicle repaired or maintenance services performed. Give them a call, 281-540-2000. That's 281-540-2000. Beckwith's Car Care. For more than 45 years, yep, that's what we said, 45 years. Green and White Automotive has served the spring area as your dealership alternative for quality automotive maintenance and repairs. Family owned and operated, they're small enough to know you and big enough to serve you. Green and White Automotive is at 1020 Spring Cypress Road, just east of Highway 45. Easy to get to and ready to take care of you and your vehicle. That's Green and White Automotive in spring. Give Kent a call at 281-353-7682. 281-353-7682. Greenandwhiteautomotive.com. All right, welcome back to Auto Pros Radio Show. I'm Robert with Auto Tectronics here with Mr. Jody Chesser. That's right. We're running on empty. Yeah, and we got a full board here. We're going to see if we can get there, buddy. Let's go out to Ed on the northwest side of Houston. Ed, you're up. Hello, gentlemen. How are y'all doing? All right. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. I've got a 1996 Mustang GT with the 4.6 liter, uh, the two valve, not the not the Cobra version, but. Right. Uh, it started out with a misfire on cylinder number two, and it's mm. consistently given me that code. But now it just it cranks, but it won't stay on. And I've kind of narrowed it down to the crank position sensor, but I just don't have a lot of experience with it. I've I've changed the battery, the terminals. I've re I've recrimped the cables and cleaned them up. I've changed the coils. It's got the two four coil packs. I've changed mm. the wires the plug, check the injectors, and uh, clean the idle air control valve and the uh, mass flow air sensor. And uh, I don't know what else to look at. <laughs> you so, have any suggestions? So are you saying it starts and then it dies? Yeah, well, when I can get it started, sometimes it just cranks. Mm-hmm. And then other times, you know, I can put that uh, ether quick start in there and it'll fire for a second or two. So you must not have any fuel pressure because you're not getting any I do fuel. Ha- I, do, I do have fuel pressure. I have the Schrader valve at the at the rail, uh-huh. and and I've you know pressed it in and it sprayed me with gas. So I know I'm getting pressure. I don't know how much right. pressure. Right. But the fact you you spray ether in there and it fires and then dies, you know, makes me think that uh, you know it's just burning whatever ether you sprayed in there. Right. Well, I have uh, two summers ago. I replaced the in tank fuel pump myself, uh-huh. and I can hear it pumping up. You know, right. making that buzzing noise when I key it up. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's getting fuel. I mean, I can't guarantee it, but yeah. um, you need you need to put a pressure gauge on it and make sure you do have the right fuel pressure. Okay. And um, also, you need to check and see: Do you have uh, injector pulse? How do I check that? Uh, well, first, uh, on the fuel pressure, you know, key on engine off should be between 35 to 45 PSI. Okay. Uh, the other thing is when you're cranking, if you have a mechanic stethoscope or if you have a long screwdriver and, uh-huh. you, and you put it against one of those injectors and put it to your ear and have somebody crank it, 
I mean, you should hear it. Click, 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 click. Okay. You know? And that'll tell you if you're getting something, you know, some kind of signal to the injector. But if you don't okay. hear any click, then you're not getting any signal to the injector, which that could either mean the the power that is because the injectors have power at them all the time and then the PCM grounds them. So you could have the fuse or, you know, relay or whatever supplies power to the injectors. You'd have to look at a wiring diagram. Okay. Uh, if that's blown, uh, of course, what you would do then is if you if you heard no click, I would pull a connector off an injector, turn the key on, take your test light or voltmeter, and see do you have power on one of those terminals. You should have power on one of them. Okay. Okay, is I'll check there, on that. Is there any type of theft light or anything that's flashing? No, on? Okay. I have none of that. Yeah, no, I I thought about that. No, yeah, I don't have any of that. Because that would disable it. So first thing you need to do is put a fuel pressure gauge on that one. Yeah. And verify that okay. you just, I mean, just spraying that, you might, that fuel pump might have enough life in it, mm -hmm. you know, just to pressurize the system. And then when you hit the Schrader valve, of course, it's going to push fuel out, but you have to, it has to have enough pressure yep. to get it cranked up and well, running. Because if you had, because if, if you just have 10 pounds of pressure, it won't run. But yet if you push right. a Schrader, it'll look like pressure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I assumed it was good because I had replaced it with a new pump, like yeah. I said, about, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Never yeah. say never. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, never yeah, you know, it sounds like you've done a lot to it, so let's get back to basics on it. Start with the fuel pressure first. Okay. Because okay. if you weren't getting it to start on supplemental fuel, you know, then you might could rule out, hey, you know, it's not really a fuel issue. Then we're going back to something with spark or injector pulse, things like that. But since it does pop off, you know, for, for a second or two with supplemental fuel, that's an indication of a fuel pressure problem. Okay. So is there a way to rule out the uh, crank position sensor before I get into that? I, I, I came over here and, and uh, was about to lift the car and start messing with that. Well, um, well the fact that, the fact that let me ask you this, if, if you spray ether in there and it fires, you know, until it burns up that ether. Right. Well, that tells you the spark is there. So you would have no spark if you had no crank position sensor. Yeah. Oh, none at all. No. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, uh, you know, like if you go get you a can of carburetor cleaner or something that's a little wetter, and yeah. if you spray some in the throttle body and, you know, have somebody crank it, I mean, you can actually sit there and spritz it, and it'll keep, you know, keep the car running like that. And if it runs like that, well, that tells you the crank sensor's got to be working or you wouldn't have spark. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll work through all that yep. and uh, let you know how it goes. Well, call us back and let us know. Will do. Thank you. Right. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, where are we heading? So we're going to um, let's go to Frank in the in Woodlands yep. on uh, Infinity with an oil question. Frank, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello, Frank. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I want to change the oil. Mm -hmm. uh, I just acquired it. Uh, it's got 85,000 miles on it, and I'm wanting to change the oil in it, but it uses a non-synthetic oil, and I'm trying to, I haven't been able to find one. All I found is, is the blend. Mm. That, that'll be fine. Blend. That'll be fine. It will? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the blend will be fine. I mean, uh, how many? you said it had how many miles on it? 85,000. Yeah. yeah. What, what weight of oil does that one take? What type of infinity? Uh, 10, 10W30. Uh -huh. The 1030, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can find the synthetic blend. That would be fine for it because there's plenty of synthetic properties even in just your conventional oil these days. Right. And, yeah, that would be fine. Now, if you don't know the history of it, it uh, might be a good idea to do a BG engine oil flush. 
the mild engine oil flush where they run a cleaner in there helps break up any carbon buildup and and so forth inside there and and uh just, just gives it a much better oil change and then you go back with a can of the moa their motor oil additive uh with the fresh oil and filter uh, it's a really great oil change and then kind of gives you a really good timeline to start with on that vehicle for you okay an engine flush mm-hmm. bg engine flush yes sir okay all right thank you very much all right thanks thank Frank. you have a good day yeah, and if needed somebody to do that, uh, Green and White Auto out there in spring does it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's go out to uh, Pasadena and, and talk to Steele. Steele, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank, thank, thanks, guys, for doing the show. Sure. Thank you, uh, uh, 2014 Ford F-350 with the 6.7 uh, Power Stroke. Yes, Got sir. a transfer transfer case uh, question. Um, I, I've been looking. Does, does it? I've seen it both ways. Does it take transmission fluid or, or gear oil? Most of those take, take transmission fluid, I believe. Yeah, we'll look it up, but it should be uh, their ATF is what it takes. Are you having any issues with it, or are you just wanting to change the fluid? No, no. Yeah, I just changed the fluid. What about the uh, BG Synchro Shift? That'd be, that would be usually the equivalent for that. Yeah, they, okay. ha- they actually have a transfer case fluid for those. The synchro, okay. synchro shift is their manual transmission fluid, and then they do okay. have the actual transfer case fluid that's that's very good and universal. Yeah. And so that's okay. uh, that's really a, a great product. But that one, it, it's showing it takes the Motorcraft transfer case fluid, so it is a specific okay. fluid. It's XL12, it looks like, uh, which okay. the, the BG transfer case fluid is going to be very compatible. It's going to be the equivalent. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That answers my question. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ken. Or steel. Have a great day. All right. Now let's go to Ken and Spring. Ken, you're up. Hello, Ken. Hello, Ken. Uh, yeah, can you, you got me now? Yes, go sir. Ahead. Yep, it is definitely that high pressure uh, joint that you were talking about. It does swivel, so it wasn't over tightened. However, it also moves laterally, and when I do that, I can see a little drip want to come out. There Question. Can I just uh, can I just replace the Teflon washer in there? Or do I need to get the whole hose assembly? Got to buy the whole hose. The whole line because it's not the Teflon seal that's leaking. Oh, it's the inside oh. where the swivel is. Ah. Oh well, it's right there where the flange nut is that goes right onto the side of the power steering. Pump. Yeah, that's not the one we're talking about. It's actually inside that fitting. You can't see it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, unless I undo it. Okay, but I need to get that whole hose. That's oh, all right. that's yeah, all you, can't, you can't replace that, that type seal. Once yeah. you take it apart, it's done. So, yeah, just get a new line assembly and put it on there, and you'll be fine. Yep, sounds like it. Okay, right. Ken. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right, let's run out to Karen in Bel Air. Karen, you're up. Morning, Karen. Hello, Karen. Do we have Karen? No, Karen. Tell me, I can hear there you. There we go. There she is. There you oh. go. Karen. Hello, Karen. Hey, hi. How can we make sure we have enough coolant uh, antifreeze in our car to survive the Arctic freeze for two or three days? You'll need to get some type of antifreeze tester. You can usually go to O'Reilly's or something, and they have one the little ball, okay. little ball tester, hydrometer. Yeah, hydrometer. You know, uh, real. I mean, like we use what's called a refractometer, which is which refract how much light refracts through it tells you you know your concentration but uh that's kind of expensive yeah so <laughs> how much are they 
the little ball testers are probably yeah, they're pretty inexpensive, yeah. and they might even have one at the auto parts store yeah. where they can test it for you. Yeah, they'll probably test oh, it for yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, okay. but that way you'll have the peace of mind. You got good antifreeze in there, and you'll be ready for the cold. Yeah, what are we going to be in freezing for two or three days? So <laughs> it sounds like might it. Might be a yep. few people with your cars like, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen, unfortunately. But, yeah, you're yeah. doing the right thing and being uh, pro- proactive. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Y'all stay safe. Thanks, Karen. Right, you thank as well. You. All right. Is that, do we have anybody else? Lucy. Lucy, you're yes. up. Yes, sir. Hello. Thank y'all. Uh-huh. I wanted to know what the sway bar link uh, do for I have a 2007 Jeep Liberty and I got a lot of squeaking in the front, a lot of rattling. Yep. Uh, I know I need struts, but I also know I need an alignment and a whole bunch of other stuff. I got All a right. tire going bald. I want to know what the sway bar links do. The sway bar end links are what connects your sway bar down to your control arm. That's the, the link between the two. And usually when they get bad, they will make a rattling noise, especially when you swerve side to side. Exactly. Yep. Okay. All righty. That easy to do? Easy to myself? Uh, Typically, it's not that Yeah, not that they're hard. usually just uh, yeah. a nut on top, a nut on the bottom, and yeah. there's no adjustment or anything. It's yep. pretty straightforward. All righty. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lucy. Have a great weekend. All right. We're here at the end of the show. Thanks for being here, Jody. Absolutely. Thanks for all the calls. Everybody stay warm and go Texans. That's right. Go Texans. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Auto Pros Radio Show. Hey, if you need help during the week, go to our website, autoprosradio.com. Or if you need your car serviced, see all of our recommended preferred service centers in your area. Check out our Facebook page at autoprosradio.com for the latest posts on what's going on in the automotive industry. Share a comment with us and tell your friends about the Auto Pros Radio Show every Saturday, 10 to noon, here on AM700. KSEV, the voice of Texas.